everyone, and welcome to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek. Except it's not the original series this time, it's Deep Space Nine. Uh, as always, I am Brandon, sitting in the captain's chair, and my first officer is with me here, Dan. I've been promoted. Uh, we lost Paul. Actually, Paul lost to me at a children's card game, so he's been to the, sent to the Shadow Realm. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see if he comes back or not. Yep, Paul is out for uh, this week, and uh, if we do another recording this coming week, because, you know, more overtime. But yeah, he, he'll be out for this one and the, the next one. So um, before we get started, uh, just a reminder, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. And we actually have merchandise now. We have a, a T Public website that I will put the description for that uh, in the episode uh, description. I guess I'll put the link to that in the episode description. And uh, it's up there on our Twitter as well. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Like we got T-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, long sleeve shirts, stickers, magnets. You can get a coffee mug. Uh, if you have, uh, for some reason, you wanted to get like a onesie for your kid. I don't know why that's an option. <laughs> like, I, don't, it, I mean, is there any evil Spock options? No. Uh, right now, we just have uh, our logo in a few different variations. But I am working on a couple of designs. So uh, we'll get we'll get some more stuff up there pretty soon if I when I get around to it. Um. Yeah, since Paul's not here, we decided that we did not want to continue with the original series like we did on uh, the, in our first season. We did a couple episodes without Paul. I think Dan, you were not here for one of those. Yep. Um, because I'm not. I don't have like the arbitrary uh, release date. Like I, the last season, I wanted to put everything like something out every week, and it was really stressful. And this time, we're just kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. When we whatever we get to it. So we decided we're gonna wait for Paul. And uh, we took some some suggestions on some not original series episodes and um, got some good suggestions. And then I, I wanted to have uh, a randomizer choose. So I, I filled out the uh, rest of the, the bracket, I guess, if you will. I wanted to make sure we had like 10 episodes in there for it to pick from, which was uh, two per uh, series that didn't follow um, the serial uh, format. So like basically no discovery um, no Picard because those follow, they have an overarching storyline. So you can't just jump into the middle of a season and, you know, have it make sense. You have to watch the entire thing up to that point. So yeah, we had two from, uh, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, uh, Next Generation, uh, what's, what's the Enterprise, I think. And, uh, yeah, what the, the wheel landed on Deep Space Nine, uh, season three, episode 10, Fascination. And the original air date for that was November 28th, 1994, which feels weird to say a date that's not in the 60s. And I, I remember the 90s, so, you know, there's that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I remember 94 specifically. For some reason, my memory starts at like 97 and 98. Specifically 98, because that's when I saw mankind get thrown off the helm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Florida. I was on vacation with my friend. We went to his neighbor's house, and they ordered the pay-per-view. Did that sum up the 90s for you? Uh, mankind <laughs> gets thrown off the helm. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. It's, it's my one memory from the 90s. Mankind getting thrown off the helm. So. I mean, that's a pretty good memory, so. Yeah. So, um, I did learn, because I've never seen a single second of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I've seen some memes of some of the characters, like O'Brien. I've seen him in a meme. Um, and I did not know that uh, apparently the end of The Next Generation and the beginning of Deep Space Nine overlap. They occur at the same time. And oh. they actually ran at the same time. So some of the characters actually jump back and forth on, on each show, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I learned a lot, a lot this episode. 
But uh, the episode begins with uh, 16-year-old Jake. Uh, he's just hanging out on his bed. He's, like, playing with an earring. Kind of being a mopey teen. Yeah, just, just kind of moping about. And his dad, who is Commander Cisco, uh, and uh, I looked up all of these people. Like, they did not say names for quite a while in this episode. So I did go through and look up each person as they came up. So when I tell you, you know, who they are, it's not because I knew. It's because I had to, to look it up. Uh, so yeah, Commander Cisco. he enters the room and uh, he says that he, accept, uh, he expected to find Jake on the promenade. Did they say promenade the entire time? Like, I, th- I thought it was promenade. Like, <laughs> it's spelled promenade, but they said promenade. Oh, I, I totally missed that. Yeah, promenade the entire time. So that's how you, I'm going to say it. Well, you watch it in subtitles, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which, oh, also, which was really cool, the subtitles stayed in sync for the entire episode of this one, which they do not for a single episode of the original series. Like, halfway through, the subtitles get way ahead of the, the actual action on screen. Well, look, we all know in the 90s that subtitles got <laughs> way better than they were from <laughs> the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also they put uh, a lot of actions. So like when, when Cisco came in the room, it was like door opens. Like, like okay, okay, thanks. Like I got that. Hey, I, mean, I didn't he, think he just like phased through it. Look, if you're looking down, you didn't know how he walked into that room. Yeah. I figure maybe he used a transporter cause the ship's so big. He just, or I guess they're on a station. He's just, they're just, just doing lazy. like instant transmission everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could you, could you transport like into the same vessel that you're on? Oh, that's, I don't see why not. It'd be like, oh, man, I really got to go to the restroom. Instant transmission in my, <laughs> yeah. in my quarters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, Cisco says he expected Jake to be on the promenade helping Marta put up decorations for the Bajoran Gratitude Festival. And they talk about Bajorans and Bajora. They never say the planet's name. <laughs> Bajora. Uh, they talk about them a lot. So it's it sounds like maybe it's a, like the closest planet to the station that they're on. Possibly, because there are a lot of Bajorans there. It's the the people with, like the wrinkly uh, nose thing going on. Which I, I know we're kind of going to jump ahead, but you said station. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I know they have uh, different things that travel throughout the galaxy than just you know starships. They have whole freaking stations. Yeah. Oh, well, I wonder if this is like you know starbase. I mean, they say station, but is this like a star? Well, I guess it's not really like a base. It's kind of like a hub. I don't know. Everybody there works for Starfleet, so maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's an important distinction to, to make. Um, yeah, Jake. Uh, he says that yeah, he he was planning on helping uh, with the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, but now he doesn't have much to be grateful for. And Cisco is like, well, hey, what's that earring that you're playing with? And Jake confirms that he bought it for Marta, but he says that uh, his dad can have it if he wants. So uh, Cisco sits down and they they have a talk. And every time I. I type the word cisco i just thought of the thong song that's what <laughs> did that come up at all <laughs> no it did not uh but uh jake says that marta's gone and that she was accepted to the science academy on regulus three and uh his his dad says well you know that's a really good school and jake's like yeah but that's 300 light years away so uh cisco's like look you're 16 you'll survive and sooner or later you will find somebody else and maybe even at the gratitude festival this evening and uh, he says that the point of the festival is to put all your troubles behind you and make a new start. So uh, Jake agrees that he's going to go to the festival, but he says he's not going to have any fun. And you won't with that attitude. Well, you know, that's kind of I kind of remember being a teenager and being kind of like, yeah, I'll go, but I won't have fun to yeah. show you. Yeah, I'll hate it. <laughs> I'll, hate I'll it. do it, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, I expected maybe an opening after this, but we did not get an opening. 
so we go elsewhere, and Chief Miles O'Brien, who is the guy that I know from memes, and I can't place his accent. I don't know exactly where what? he's from. What is it? Irish or Scottish? I, I oh, don't. O'Brien. O'Brien sounds O'Brien... sounds Irish to me. Right, right. But you can have you know O'Briens anywhere. Like you could be from the U.S. with a Midwest accent and be an O'Brien. What would you still I have just... to do with an Irish accent at being Midwestern? Uh, yes, I think by law. You have to. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Even, even if it's really bad. <laughs> Look, if you live in Iowa and you're Irish, you have to do yeah. with a Midwestern accent. Yeah. <laughs> State law. Uh, so yeah, Miles O'Brien, uh, he takes a cup of coffee from what I assume is their replicator because it's just a little box in a wall. Um, and their chief medical officer, Bashir, also looked that up. He asks O'Brien if he's nervous, and he says that that's O'Brien's fifth cup of coffee in 20 minutes, so he's going to have to pee really soon. And, and that's just weird that he's keeping track. Like, what, are you in love with me? Right, and this whole thing, he he mentions sep- like different things that he kept track of, and I'm like, is this guy supposed to be like a mix of Bones and Spock? But he's <laughs> he's not he's not very Spock-like, we find out later. Um, actually, no Vulcans at all, which was, you would think they would have one all the time in every show from now on. That's how it should be. Were there Vulcans in the next generation? Uh, I, 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 only I, got, I, I, I only got halfway through the first season, then I stopped watching, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, O'Brien says that he hasn't seen his wife and child in two months, and Bashir says that he's looking forward to Keiko and Molly visiting, uh, which O'Brien's like, why would you be looking forward to that? Like, I doubt that. And Bashir's like, look, how many games of racquetball have we played in the last two months? And O'Brien's like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20. And Bashir says that it's been 70 because he has kept count of that. And all of those games have proved to him that he's a poor substitute for O'Brien's wife. And O'Brien's like, yeah, I could have told you that after. I could have told you that 60 (laughs) games ago. Um, So uh, he goes on to say that his family's only going to be there for two days. And then they have to go back to, oh, they did say Bajor. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's Bajor. Has to go back to Bajor again for four months this time. And Bashir's like, oh, my God, that's another 150 games of racquetball. And he says his elbow cannot take that kind of abuse, which, I mean, they, they have pretty good, like, medical technology that I think he'll be just, like a little tendonitis is probably nothing. Yeah, they, they can definitely fix that in the future. Yeah. Um, so Bashir suggests that O'Brien convince his family to stay. But O'Brien says that uh, uh, it was him that suggested that his wife even go on the agrobiology expedition, which, like, what is agrobiology? So, like, just aggressive biology? <laughs> Is that what her job title was? Yeah, like just agrobiology. Um, he says that uh, they'll have to make the best of the time that they have, which means they can't waste a, a second of the next two days. And I saw that like Bashir just like has this kind of goofy smile that he tries to hide behind his hands. And I'm like, yeah, he knows what's going to happen the next two days. And it turns out that Jesus Christ, this whole episode <laughs> is just that. It's a, it, it, a horny station. Is that why we picked this episode or this episode was picked? Because it just kind of fits our style of... A, a robot suggested that we do this episode, so I don't know what the robot's trying to tell us. Look, the, um, the AI is listening to our podcast and knows what the... No, they know what the people yeah, want. I want sex in space. <laughs> uh, so then I was like, okay, are we going to get the opening now? And we did not get the opening. It was a really long time before we got the opening. Uh, but elsewhere, Odo is a guy who I can't, uh, I don't know. He does he's just, he has no facial features. He's just like, he's plain. He's, he's some kind of alien guy who like doesn't really have cheeks. He doesn't really have any wrinkles. He's just a smooth face guy. 
Uh, anyway, he's walking around, and he finds uh, Major Kira, which obviously I looked both of them up, and uh, he remarks that the promenade is pretty empty at midday. And she's like, oh, that's okay. It's going to be packed later with the Bajorans celebrating the festival. And uh, he mentions that he was thinking of joining them this year since none of his Bajoran uh, deputies have to work during the festival. So why should he? And he says that if he's going to live there with humanoids, he should Im- immerse himself in their rituals. And like, I, like you look pretty humanoid to me, I thought. <laughs> he's definitely human-shaped. But he, I don't know. He, he still feels a little self-conscious about his, you know, his face. Yeah. Um... So uh, she's just like, all right, well, that's cool. I'll see you later then. Uh, and she says, uh, or he says that he'd like, like he's he would like that if she's not too busy being the presider of the festival. And Kira's like, oh, it's cool. I'll make time for you. You know, just look for me and I'll be with uh, Barail. And he does not seem too happy that she mentioned Barail. And he's like, oh, I thought Barail would be celebrating the festival on Bajor. And she's like, I, I thought that too, but... I was wrong, and he's going to be arriving on the next shuttle. So uh, Odo's like, all right, well, you should go go meet him. And she's like, that's a great idea, and just leaves. And he just, like, stares longingly at her as she leaves. I, I have a feeling that if we, you know, watch you know, ep- other episodes leading up to this, it probably uh, would dictate that he probably has, like, like, the hots for her, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would assume so. I also got, not to get ahead, but I got the feeling from one of his later conversations that I bet this guy has a, actually probably a pretty killer backstory. Like, he, he seems to be a very well-fleshed-out character. Because, obviously, we haven't seen any of this. We're, we jumped into Season 3 at a random episode, so we don't know shit about what happened before he, this. He's probably like the Spock or Data of this uh, generation, or this uh, Deep Space Nine, would be my guess. Yeah, he strikes me as a kind of character that started out real, like, uptight, and then, like, eventually loosened up over time. Like, he probably, you know, formed a bond with probably this Kira chick, and, and, and I bet he, like, loosened up at one point. But uh, it would be interesting to see and if we ever, I mean, when we do, but if, at this point it feels like if we ever get through <laughs> the, the original, original series. Yeah. And then I have to watch all of the next generation, you know, just for fun, because we, we sure as shit are not covering that. Because I don't want to be doing this in my 50s. <laughs> but, but yeah, I will eventually get to this and, and hopefully uh, it's it's as good as I it is in my head right now. <laughs> so yeah, she... Uh, Kira leaves and she runs into O'Brien. We still haven't gotten an opening, by the way. And he's waiting for his family. And then they're just like, oh, hey, yeah, good luck with all this. And uh, the, the shuttle door is open. And Barile steps out. And he and Kira, they talk for a minute. And then they walk off together. And uh, Keiko, which is uh, Miles O'Brien's wife, uh, walks out holding Molly. And she says that she has had the worst trip. And I'm like, oh, God, it's like she's that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> O'Brien asks his, da- asks his daughter, uh, if she's ready to have a great time with her dad. And she's like, no. And he's like, no, why not? And she says that she doesn't feel good. And then she pukes everywhere. So that's a good good start for her. Also, that little girl is cute as fuck, honestly. Like, she's, she's probably like five. And uh, it's like child actors are always weird, like, when they have to do anything other than just, like, say lines. But she was actually, a like, I thought she was a decent actress. Like, she, I would have believed she was sick or not oh, feeling oh, good. Oh, for sure. Well, then again, they didn't. They didn't make her do anything that would be out of the norm either. Like, right? Yeah. You, you ever been sick before? And she's like, yeah. Act like that. Yeah, All right. Just pretend you're sick. Yeah. So then a woman uh, from the shuttle says that she probably shouldn't have given Molly all that candle, all that candy, and that is uh, that's Magil Barrett. That's Nurse Chapel and Number One from the original series pilot. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, is insane because she looks. 
Like, this is almost 30 years later, and she looks like she's 10 years younger than she was in, like, 67. Well, they got some some good uh, de-aging in the future. Yeah, but she's not playing the same character, though. So she's not Nurse Chapel in that, but she's... That's the same actress, so... I I thought that she was going to be, like, O'Brien's, like, uh, stepmom or mom or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, you gave your... My grandkid all this candy... uh, I thought I thought yeah. he was gonna have an issue with it, right? Um, I uh, apparently in this episode because you know looked it up. Uh, she's I can't even I probably can't say her first name because it's spelled like L W A X A N A, so like Luxana maybe uh, Troy. So she is the mother of a character from the Next Generation. I think Deanna Troy maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe she's the one that has like the psychic powers. Yeah, which explains a lot in this episode. So, but yeah, she plays oh, her mother. They, oh, shit. Yeah, it does. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, Magel Barrett, of course, um, Gene Roddenberry's wife, the creator of Star Trek, which, like, how old was she in the original series? Because, like, she looks, I mean, really good for this being, you know, 94, and she was playing Chaplin, what, 66 and 67. Maybe she was, like, 18, 19 at the time. I don't know. Um... But anyway, yeah, now we get the show opening. We're five minutes in, and it was the most underwhelming introduction to a show, any show that I have ever seen. I don't know what the hell this was. It's just, like, soft music and shots of a space station. There's, like, a shuttle kind of flying around. Hold on, Finners. Started off strong with, like, you know, the comet going by. I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to see some universal shit, you know, supernovas and stuff like that. Nope. Yeah, and then apparently there's like a fucking wormhole that opens up and nobody seems concerned about, and then it's just gone. <laughs> but other than that, pretty calm. Pretty uh, pretty awful opening, I think. Uh, so we go to, after the opening, we go to Otto, and he's talking to somebody about how he stops by Quarks three or four times a day. But since it's a holiday and he's busy, he just wants somebody to uh, be stationed there full time. And uh, I think Quark, I know who Quark is, again, from memes. He's a, he's a Ferengi guy with the big ears, and I know that from uh, also uh, Lower Decks. I know of the Ferengi. Um, but is Quark's like a bar, or is it a shop? Because I've seen, like, memes of him, I think, serving people drinks. Maybe he does both. Yeah. I don't know. His his suit was pretty pimped, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um but Otto gets interrupted by Ambassador uh, Luxana Troy, and uh, she approaches Otto and gives him a big old hug and kisses him on the cheek, and then she scolds the uh, the guy that Otto was talking to. She's like, what, don't they teach you any manners in Starfleet? Like, come on, I'm trying to make out with this guy over here. And uh, she excuses the man. She's like, you can go. And uh, she says that she and Otto have a lot of catching up to do, and the guy, again, smirks. Like, as he's leaving, he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to do some catching up, all right. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And Otto's like, please don't go. Like, come back in five minutes. And uh, she says to make it a half an hour. So that's uh doesn't sound like there's going to be consent. That's, that's not good. <laughs> He's like, oh, Captain, please call me for something, anything. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Otto asks her what she's doing there. And uh, she says that officially she's the Betazoid representative of the Gratitude Festival. But she really only went there to see him. And apparently the Betazoids are, that's what she is. She's a Betazoid and her daughter is a Betazoid. They're not humans with like telekinetic or psycho whatever powers. They are, that's a, it's a race of people. Oh, uh, so they're not Babelzoids. They're, no, no. they're Bade. Yeah, they're Beta, B-E-T-A. So they're not Alphazoids either. Like they know Alphas, bro. 
and they're weird. Like, why would you want to be a beta? And apparently they're not. Well, maybe they are freakazoids because they. Yeah, they could be freakazoids. Uh, she certainly is a freakazoid. That's for sure. Um, so she notes uh, how awful it must have been for him to spend his entire life searching for his people only to find that they're the leaders of the Dominion. And I have no idea who the Dominion are. They sound evil. Uh, but then again, they also sound like a, a late 90s WWF stable that would have feuded with like the Nation of the Domination or Nation of Domination and DX or something. You know, I can't argue with you on that now that you have said that. <laughs> well, DX was a, versus it, the Dominion for the tag titles. You know, it was the 90s. It was a crazy time back then. Yeah. We, didn't, also, have great, we didn't have great openings for our shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how shitty is it, though, that she... I don't know what happened with this guy in his past, uh, but apparently his people did some pretty shitty things, and he has clearly moved on from that. And she's like, oh, hey, remember how your people are trash? <laughs> like, that, that must suck for you that your people are just absolute shit. She says you want to make like, out? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Does that, does that get you going? <laughs> people are garbage. Hey, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, and like he seems to be okay with all this, and she's like, well, I'm here to help you. And uh, he's like, what, what kind of help are you talking about here? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just here to lend a sympathetic ear or maybe a shoulder to cry on or a lap to melt in. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. And, uh... He's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty unnecessary. And he says that his people are who they are, and he is who he is, and he accepts that. And she's like, well, maybe we can go somewhere quiet to talk about it. Uh, but he plans to go to the opening ceremony of the Gratitude Festival. <laughs> like, he's just like, no, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm over it. And she's like, are you sure? Because that really sucks. Like, I really want you to be sad about this so that I can, I, you know, grope you or something. I, I, I got a lap right here for you. Yeah, man, the fucking cougars. They just know what they want, and they go for it. <laughs> So uh, she's like, oh, that's good. You're going to the festival. And she's like, you, first we get to have a little bit of fun and relaxation, and then we can delve into the depths of your pain. <laughs> Why? Why? Also, also, that sounds like a Paul Bearer line. <laughs> so it's just a lot of wrestling in this. So she plans to meet him in front of the uh, Bajoran temple and then promises Odo that he'll never be alone again. <laughs> and uh, then she leaves him alone. <laughs> and he's he's really confused and, and really looking worried. And... Uh, she enters the elevator, and then she has, like, some kind of headache or migraine, and then that's it. Just, like, gone. Uh, so elsewhere, Kira and Boreal are, uh, they're about to go to Pound Town, obviously. Like, honestly, they're just, <laughs> like, they're just, they're getting ready to do it. They, they really don't hold back in the, the newer series, do they? Are no, the older no, series not technically not as old as the original? Yeah. Kirk, Kirk uh, was born in the wrong generation, apparently. Yeah. This was the Attitude Era of Star Trek, <laughs> I guess. Uh... Yeah, then for some reason, Burial's like, yeah, we're this is getting hot and heavy. I should talk to you about spiritual and work-related matters real quick. <laughs> and, I, know uh, that, I, know that, I know that's how I get you going. Yeah. And uh, he talks about somebody named Kai Wynn, uh, but she's like, I really don't like that lady. And he's like, no, nah, it's cool. She's a really cool lady. I like her. And then he's like, but let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, getting it on again. And like, dude, you started that <laughs> conversation for some stupid-ass reason. Um. So she's over it, and she's like, I have to do some preparation for the ceremony. And she says that uh, Jadzia promised to help her. And Burial's like, well, I don't really like Jadzia, uh, Jadzia, and I don't know how you two can be friends. She's like, why? What's wrong with her? And he says that Jadzia is unpredictable, and Kira is, uh, frankly, a little bit boring. Uh, she didn't seem too boring in this episode, honestly. No. 
And also, I don't know how the fuck he like ruined this. Like my guy, she's she's a pretty good looking girl, even with the nose thing. Like just just go for it, dude. She was all into it, and he fucked it up. But uh, he, 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 problem is, he should have just not talked. Yeah, no. Why? Like, why say anything in that situation? Anything well, at all? That and I'd imagine you know calling someone boring is not gonna really you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like you're boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what? This everything about you is boring. Let's talk about <laughs> spiritual matters instead of just getting it on. Um, but she talks about how she and Jadzia have been doing the festival thing for two years, and it's a tradition. And he's like, "Well, you know, I'd like to start my some traditions of my own." with you and uh kira says they can do that later that night and then she kisses him and leaves the room and i'm like fuck dude like this episode has been just all sex yeah i'm curious to know if the rest of the series is like this (laughs) one guy one guy has blue balls currently the other girl is trying to rape a freaky alien to get to the depths of his soul yeah (laughs) that whole situation is just weird um but, so we go to Keiko and O'Brien, and then uh, they're talking about Molly and how the medicine that Bashir gave her seems to be working. And uh, she says that her trip was a disaster, but she's just glad to be home. And he wants to get ready for the festival, but she is not very interested in going. So he's like, well, we could just spend the rest of the day locked away in our quarters. I'm like, fuck, dude, this whole station is horny. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, he, in fairness, though, he hasn't seen his uh, wife in two months. So Yeah, yeah. And they are, you know, actually married and all that, and they have child so uh who apparently when i was looking up um you know all the actors and actresses from this they uh have all made appearances in the next generation i guess in like later series because again they you know they ran side by side so so that's really cool but uh then is like one of the most realistic relationship conversations i think i've ever seen in television and i feel like whoever wrote this wrote this from a direct experience. <laughs> so Keiko says she just wants to go to sleep. And he's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then she gets a little bit mad. And she's like, well, I didn't say I was going to go to sleep, just that I could use some sleep. <laughs> and he's like, it's okay. Like, if you need to sl- go to sleep, go ahead. I completely understand. And she's like, well, you won't understand. You'll just be disappointed and start brooding and stomping around like an Andorian bull. So at this point, he gets mad, which I understand because, like, don't tell me what how I'm going to react to something because that's just going to make me mad. And so he gets annoyed, and he's like, well, you could just tell me what you want to do, and we'll do it. And she's like, well, I've been making decisions all day, so you should decide. So he's like, okay, we're going to go to the festival, but we won't go right away. You can take some time to relax and then change into something nice. And she's like, nice? I'm like, what do you mean nice? Like, fuck, dude, there's just no winning this. <laughs> he's being very logical. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, how about that red dress? And she's like, well, I don't like the red dress. It's a little tight. And he's like, well, I really like it when it's tight. So she's like, okay, I'll wear the damn dress. But uh, but then he's just like, you know what? Forget it. You can wear whatever you want. And she's like, we should just try to enjoy the next two days. I'll change it to something nice and we'll go to the festival. And then she walks away. And he's he's like, all right, fine. And then under his breath, he's like, I can hardly wait. <laughs> I, I, one of the most realistic relationship arguments I've ever seen. I'm glad to see, and even 2,000 years from now, that we'll still be bickering about stupid <laughs> shit about. <laughs> Dumbest shit, yeah. <laughs> I thought he started out very accommodating and was genuinely understanding about it. And she just fucked that whole thing up but she started right off like oh my trip was so terrible like that's yeah, yeah that's exactly what i hear when i hear after i haven't seen you for the first two months not like hey how you doing right yeah like oh i miss you like now nah, that trip fucking sucked <laughs> you need to fire that pilot yeah 
he ran so, into uh, a couple asteroids. And, you know, I spilled <laughs> my martini. Yeah, and the kid was puking everywhere. Everybody on the shuttles trying to fuck each other. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So a little bit later, we have a shot of a kid just continuously ringing a gong, and a guy is juggling some shit that I can't tell if it's on fire, if it's just a glow stick. Like, I have no idea. It, it looks and, more like a glow stick. I'm like, well, that's kind of underwhelming. There's no danger. Yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, people are dancing, and so it's the you know the entertainment for the festival. And uh, Kira starts the gratitude festival with a little ritual in another language, and then she mixes some liquids in a tube, and they glow blue, and they cause a little reaction in a bowl that starts a little fire. And everybody's like, "Yay, fire!" They start clapping, and uh, she, which is great, because even you know that's far into the future, we still love fire. Oh. I think man, mankind will always love fire. But the only problem is, where are they venting all that smoke? Yeah, that's they're all just getting high. <laughs> we don't know what else was in that bowl before they lit it, but everybody's just getting high in that, there. That paper is really hemp paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she places the first renewal scroll into the fire and says that as the scroll burns, may their troubles turn to ashes with them. That's that seems very primitive compared, you know, being in the future. Like that seems like yeah. something like ancient, you know, intelligent right. species would do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would think that, well, I wonder how old, like, that tradition is for them, if they've just, like, if it's, like, a thousands-year-old thing, and they just kind of do it because they always have. Or they made it up for, like, a holiday, like, hey, let's get out of work, let's make up a holiday. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, this is a federal holiday. (laughs) Just write down all your worries, then, we'll burn them, and you get the day off. Just burn them up. Yep. I mean, I would do that, I would would say no if I was gonna get paid. Yeah, (laughs) for sure, yeah. Yeah, especially the way this festival's going. Um, so we go to Luxana and she's got her arm around Odo as they watch and, uh, everyone cheers as the scroll burns. And then we go to, uh, O'Brien and he, he and Keiko are watching, but Keiko's over there yawning. And, uh, Kira says that she wants everyone to enjoy themselves for the next 26 hours, which is a long ass festival. <laughs> like, holy shit. They do it right in uh, the future. Yeah. So we, uh, we go to Burial and Jadzia, and uh, her, her last name, I think, is Dax. So I might just call her Dax for the rest of this. Yeah, she was uh, like the, the hot alien with like the, the spots almost. Yeah, almost like a, like a cheetah or yeah. leopard print. Man, I bet those were a pain to do every time. Uh... Oh, dude, they have. And I bet all of this was like, imagine being Quark or one of the people that has to get like the little nose thing or fucking Odo every day or Otto, Odo, Odo. Yeah. I, well, I, kept, I, think, I kept hearing Odo and Otto, so... But anyway, I think they just yeah. took uh, sandpaper to his face in real life and just smoothed <laughs> him out because it was easier. He still walks around like that to this day. Uh, so yeah, uh, Burial and uh, Dax, they catch each other's gaze as Kira finishes up her speech. And then uh, we go to Jake, and he has a little passing headache, just like uh, Troy did. And then uh, Cisco's like, hey man, you okay? And he has this big goofy smile, and he's like, I've never felt better. And then we go to a, a commercial break. So after the break, uh, Kira and Burial are just walking around, and Burial seems like he's really unable to concentrate. Like he's just looking around and looking for somebody. And uh, Jake brings Kira some kind of treat. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. I can't tell if it's like a popsicle or yeah, it looks like a popsicle. Yeah, and uh, he asks her to have a conversation in private for a second. So she excuses herself and she asks Jake. She's like, "Yeah, what's going on, buddy?" And he says that he needs some advice because he has a thing for an older woman. And Kira advises that Jake tell Marta exactly how he feels. And he's like, no, we broke up. And she's like, oh, well, who's the person that you have feelings for? And uh, he says that it's her. 
And I was just like, yeah, honestly, like I don't, I don't blame you, kid. That's not not a bad pick. Uh, <laughs> the question not is, a bad pick on the station. The question is, how old is he compared to her? Like, is he of age? Well, he's he's sixteen. According oh, to what they, Cisco they, said. They said he. Oh, I didn't uh, hear him say how old he was. Yeah, in the beginning, he told him that he's he's like, look, you're sixteen. You'll get over this Marta thing. Oh, that's right. So I wonder in the uh, the previous episodes if Marta was also older then yeah uh it well it says she just got accepted to a science academy so it sounds like they're similar age at least well that's kind of weird how she put it like opera uh professing your love for an older woman like how much older was she well he says i'm kind of curious curious about he he says that he's the one that has feelings for an older woman and for some reason yeah she just assumed that it was marta so maybe marta's just like slightly older i don't know yeah, I was wondering that same thing, too. Like, how old is Marta? Um, but he tells Kira that he loves her, and he asks her to go out with him. And then we get a camera cut before she answers. So I was like, maybe she said yeah. <laughs> maybe she's like, fuck it. I don't want to be with this morale guy anyway. He's got a weird-ass trench coat. So uh, Dax is talking to an alien named Morn, which is a hell of a, a suit this actor has to wear. Like, that's a damn good job of, of, of a practical effect. And she's like, oh, it's it's hard to believe that a handsome, fun-loving guy like you could have so many problems. And I was like, uh, I, mean, I, I don't know if I would say handsome, but then again, I'm you know I'm not one of you know his race. Maybe he is the most attractive one <laughs> that they've ever seen. He also doesn't look like a fun-loving guy, but again, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. He's secretly Scotty of that ship. Yeah. I wonder if he's a regular character. He got a name. She called him Morn. Um... She advises him to burn his scroll, and then he does, and then he leaves, and Beryl sits next to her and compliments her on her advice, because he was obviously eavesdropping like a weirdo, and uh, he says that she has a wise and generous spirit, and he wishes he had a friend like her, and she's like, well, I, we are friends, like, I think of you as a friend, which he got friend-zoned super hard, but uh, he's he's really happy about that, and he says he wants to get to know her a little better, and then he says a lot better, and then he touches her leg, and so she leaves. Uh, yeah, don't do that. That's creepy. He's like, yeah, that went very well. I'm going to keep at it. Smooth, Beryl. You got it right where you want her. Um, but upstairs, uh, Otto is vibing to some Bajora music. Like, he's just hanging out by this band, just having a, a great time. And uh, Luxana comes in. I'm, I'm going to say it, Luxana, because that's how it looks. Uh, but she grabs him and uh, starts dancing with him. And she says that Bajora music is so intelligent and vital, and it reminds her of him. And uh, he says that he doesn't dance. And so she just like twirls him around and like holds him real tight and uh, like apparently against his will. And uh, she says that she saw him dancing to the music and he's like, no, I wasn't dancing. I was I was swaying, which he he was swaying. Uh, She says that she wants to sway with him and she starts spinning him around. And then he remembers that he's needed in security and he runs away. But she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go with you. And she just goes because she cannot take a hit. He's very polite, though. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, but he runs into Dax, and uh, he asks if she's having a good time, and she says that she is not, and he nods his head and grunts in agreement, and then he leaves. <laughs> he leaves. He's like, yeah, this is, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, at this point in the show, I'm like, you know what? Like, based solely on the little bit of this episode that I've seen, I, I at this point, I'm really just having a good time with this episode. Like, the the comedy is there. Like, they're, they're building up some stuff, uh, and I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Um, but, uh, Dax, she has a a little minor head issue and then she moves on, uh, elsewhere. We go to Quark 
and he's trying to sell people on a commemorative pen. And uh, we get shots of uh, the entertainers as the camera moves around the promenade and uh, it settles on O'Brien and Keiko as uh, he's trying to convince her to go for a walk. And she just wants to stay sitting. And uh, she says that she kind of missed Quarks and uh, she missed the, the table they're sitting at, which apparently is like their table, like they sit on that one a lot. And Miles says that he has not sat there since she's been gone. She's like, oh, that's super sweet. And then he asks her about the survey work. And she says that it's been pretty grueling, but she's having a wonderful time. And uh, she says that the project is taking longer than they'd hoped. And there's going to be a lot more work to be done. And she thinks it might take another two to three months. So O'Brien's understandably upset about that. And uh, he doesn't like the thought of her being away for over seven months. And he thinks that uh, she should consider having them find another botanist. And, you know, she should stay home. So they uh, they have a little argument real quick, and she's like, "Oh, Sabar was right. I never should have said anything about this." And Miles like, "Well, who the fuck is Sabar?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, he's just a zoologist that I work with." And uh, she's like, "He warned me not to talk to you about this until after the fe- festival." And uh, Miles is obviously pretty threatened by Sabar. So in this, I think in this uh, this argument, he's he's the asshole. Like he basically accuses her of cheating, which is uh, no bueno. Yeah, he he shoots himself in the foot on this one. But yeah. in his defense, though, he was being very reasonable in the 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 when they're in their quarters arguing or bickering a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but on so, this one, he he takes the L. Yeah, yeah. He uh he says he wants her to stay at the station, uh, but she says that right now she doesn't even want to sit at the same table with him. And he's like, oh yeah, well why don't you leave then? Go back to Bajor with your plants and with Sabar. And she's like, fine. And she gets up and leaves. Um, which is really like, it's really crazy that in the middle of all this silliness, they hit us with like this really plausible, realistic relationship argument. I'm like, there's no way the writer, one of the writers has not lived this. <laughs> like, this, this has to be pulled from experience, right? Like, oh, you're your friend from work. The, the the funny thing, though, is when he's watching with his wife, his wife looks over him like, really? You had to put this in the episode? Yeah. <laughs> so he's back in the doghouse. Yeah, he put himself there. He went there willingly. (laughs) So we get a commercial break, and we come back, and Jake is looking for something or someone. And uh, Commander Sisko grabs him to remind him that they're hosting a gratitude dinner in the wardroom and that he needs Jake's help. And Jake's like, hey, I'm busy trying to find somebody right now. So Sisko's like, yeah, well, I know about that whole thing with Kira because I just talked to her. And Jake gets super pumped. And uh, Sisko tries to convince his son that uh, what he's feeling is just a crush. And he says that Jake is confused and vulnerable and he's hurt because he misses Marta. And Jake says that Marta was too young and immature for him and Major Kira is a woman. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to say, I actually like him so far as captain. He doesn't seem to be irrational. Uh, no, yeah. Like, obviously you can see his boy kind of being stupid. He's not like smacking him over the head like, hey, son, like, no, you can't do that. Right. Uh I wonder how many people are on this station. And I, he seems like the kind of guy that even if there's like a thousand people here, he probably knows every one of them. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that's his station. He probably has got to know everyone that's coming in and out of there, which what the inter, what would we, what would we say? Like the enterprise holds like 429 people. Something like that. Yeah. So, so the station like, probably has like probably a few thousand. thousand maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like him so far. Um, but he uh, he reminds Jake that uh, you know Barail exists, <laughs> and Jake's like, oh, that's not gonna last long because Barail is always on Bajor, and Kira needs someone that can be with her all the time, like he, like him, like he can do. 
Um, and Cisco is like, look, I just don't want to see you hurt. But Jake's like, no, everything's going to be fine. And at that point, I was kind of like, how about Cisco say, hey, son, you're 16. She's too old for you. What you're doing is creepy. Fucking stop it. <laughs> like, cut this out. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, how old do we think Kira is? Probably in her mid, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, that's for I was kind of leaning at, at about her age range, probably. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a gap there. Yeah. Um, but we got an Otto or Odo, and he's tra- he's refusing a gift from uh, Miss Troy, and uh, he's like, "Look, I really don't have anything to give you in return." But she's like, "Oh, that's okay. Being with you is the only present I need." <laughs> what a corny uh, line, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they go to write their renewal scrolls, and the camera goes to Miles as he uh, sits on a bar with Quark. And at this point, I was like, you know, one of the things that has not come up uh, in the original series. Something that I noticed quite a bit in this episode is their camera work is amazing. There are long shots where you get multiple people like dealing with their storyline and it seamlessly moves like through the room or pivots or goes up a floor to the next group of people. So, like I wonder if those were long takes like if or like, I didn't see any cuts in a lot of those. And like that's just that's like from like a cinematography and like you know, show making standpoint, like that would be, that's difficult. Everybody has to nail everything every time or you have to start the entire thing over. It, it does seem more modern. Yes. Yeah. There's just really good cinematography in this, uh, in this episode, but, uh, Quark, uh, he's talking to miles and he says, miles looks terrible. And miles says that eh, it's just, he's just got a little headache. Um, so Quark gives him a, a free pen to write down all of his problems on a renewal scroll and uh, Miles like, yeah, there isn't a scroll long enough to, for me to write down all my problems. And Quark's like, oh, you know, I thought you could sum them up with one word, Keiko. And uh, he says, uh, it's O'Brien's fault for letting her go to Bajor in the first place. And uh, Quark says that humans never learn. They let their women go out in public, hold jobs, <laughs> wear clothing, and they wonder why their marriages fall apart. I, you know, I like his at least stance on wear clothing. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't believe you let your women wear clothing. <laughs> <laughs> they should be walking around naked full time. Yeah. Uh, Miles is understandably and rightfully offended at the thought of treating women like property. <laughs> but uh, Quark says that uh, on the Ferengi homeworld, husbands and wives never argue. There's no divorce or broken homes. And uh, Miles is like, yeah, well, you know, if Ferengi marriages are so wonderful, why are you still single? And Quark's like, I just haven't met the right woman yet. And uh, Brian's like, well, I have. And she just walked out the door. Which I want to I want to see more of their interactions. I feel like they're they they have like a relationship between like you know Spock and Kirk. Like they yeah. just bounce off each other really well. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Ferengi or the Ferengi is like yeah, you know she probably just walked out on you forever. So O'Brien's like oh not if I can help it, which is like the cheesiest fucking shit. And he he gets up to go after. Um, and we go to a corridor and. Uh, Kira's just looking at Kira is looking at a fire and a pedestal. <laughs> I don't know why that's there, but she's just like, you know, we all love fire. And uh, Baraya walks by, and she grabs him and kisses him, but he's super uninterested. He's like, "Come on, like somebody might see." And so like they go to this dark corner, and she's like, "Oh yeah, everybody else is on the promenade. Like we could just basically just fuck right here. Like let's you just know, let's do that." And she's about to get freaky with you. You could you could still do that and go after your lust. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he can, not, he he can have a, both. Yeah. Maybe at once. <laughs> they might be into that. They're friends. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's some kind of, well, you know, 
jumping head, a weird sex space virus, you know, floating around. Yeah. That, that's, you know, that's a flu that I wouldn't mind getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, she says that they have two hours before the dinner and that that gives them time to be alone together. And she starts kissing his neck. And uh, he's like, no, I can't. I have to go find Dax. And she's like, why do you have to go find him? And he just says that he'll explain everything later. And then he goes to leave and uh, he turns around and he like he, he as he's walking away, he stops. He turns around. He's like, Kira, thank you for being such a good friend. <laughs> and, and she's like a friend <laughs> like like, dude, no, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Ah, uh, idiot. Well, you know, he called like, look, you're boring. You're just a friend. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to make out with me. <laughs> kissing my neck. Like, stop watching that fire. <laughs> I don't like anything about you. Um. So uh, at the wardroom, uh, Cisco walks in to see uh, Dax is there. She's helping to set up, and he's like, "Oh, that's not necessary. I can handle this." But wouldn't you rather be celebrating on the promenade? And she says that she doesn't want to run into Boreal because he can't keep his hands off of her. And Cisco is immediately concerned about Boreal's uh, out of character actions, which he should be. Like he didn't even have to say anything. There was like his acting is is good that there was an immediate concern on his face. He's just like that. Don't sound right. Like. That's not okay. And uh, he asked uh, Dax if she's told Kira, but she she really doesn't know how to talk to her friend about it without hurting her. So Cisco, being the cool ass dude that he is, he's like, "I'll take care of it." it? Yeah, Yeah. he's like, "I'll go talk to her," Uh, which is just fucking solid bro move. And she agrees. Um, She just thinks that the whole thing is ridiculous, and she's like, "How could I even be interested in Barile when uh, we both know that it's always been you, Cisco?" And then she gets real, real close to him and just like lays on his chest because they were like sitting down at this point. And uh, he's very startled and very confused <laughs> as we go to a commercial. Uh, which, if you're not married, you just go for it, dude. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. We don't know his marriage status. We know he had the kid, but doesn't right. know, we don't know. We don't know if he has a wife or not. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, look at his hands to see if he wore a ring or if they even do that in the future. Who knows? And look, she's pretty hot. So if he's not Absolutely. married, and you're, you're, dude, you're the boss of the space station, so you can kind of make up the rules as you go, even if it's unethical at that yeah, point. Just, just make little spotted babies with that girl. Um, but we come back from commercial, and uh, he's like, "Dax, what the fuck are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, you just has anybody ever, ever told you you smell wonderful?" And uh, he starts laughing, and he's like, oh, man, you really had me going for a minute, which means, leads me to believe that they have a close relationship where they probably joke around, maybe. Uh, that's that's kind of what I got out of this. Again, having not watched any of the two seasons, you know, before this. That's that's the problem, just kind of jump in the middle of a show. You get none of the the pretense that's leading up to, you know, their yeah. banner. But also, that's kind of what I enjoy about this, is that I have no fucking clue what's going on, and I get to make it up in my head. Oh, for sure. They, they, they like to flirt with each other. At least she's always flirting yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, she says to stop acting coy, because there's nobody around, and she tries to convince him to cancel the party so they can spend the evening alone together. And uh, Cisco's like, you know what? Fuck this. And he calls uh, Bashir. <laughs> He's like, get to the infirmary right now. <laughs> like we, we need to go there. So we do go there, and Bashir confirms that uh, Dax's vital signs and brain activity are all normal, and there's no sign of infection or intoxication of any kind. And Cisco is like, "Well, like, why is she trying to fuck me then?" And uh, she's well, she, like, and the, oh, the, the it was just a joke. Like, well, when a man or when a woman's attracted yeah. to a man, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like, "I know, I have a kid." <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's just like, "Nah, I was just messing with you." And uh, she drags uh, Cisco off and they go for a little walk and she talks about how embarrassed she was that she had to take all those tests. And he's like, look, you took that joke 
a little too far. And uh, she says that uh, she'd be angry with him if she didn't love him so much. And she gives him uh, like a little kiss on the cheek and then uh, departs. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guy, just just pull her back. <laughs> He's like, you know what? No, you know, you're right. Let's let's keep let's keep joking. Let's keep the joke up. I like this. Uh, let's see how far we can take this joke. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we go to Kira and she's sitting at a table and she's super upset about Beryl when uh, Jake sits with her and uh, says that she needs a little cheering up. And she's like, you know what you can do for me? Just leave me alone. And then she gets up and leaves. And uh, O'Brien, we go to him and he goes into his quarters to see uh, Molly playing because she obviously feels better. And uh, Molly says that her that mom, her mom is being uh, in her room. She's in her room being sad. So. Uh, Miles asked her to go play in her room for a little while while he goes to cheer Keiko up and uh, he goes to the door and asks to go in but Keiko's like no nah, you can just stay out there so he uh, he gives this really good apology through the door and uh, he says that even if it's too late he loves her and he's left a letter of resignation on Commander Sisko's desk and that he's ready to move to Bajora if she wants and they can even go back to Earth if that's what she wants to do what a solid move on you know apologizing yeah he seems like a swell guy she says that she needs time to think and she tells him just go ahead and go to the dinner party and then they can talk about it when he gets back. And he's like, all right, like I did my best. So from there we go to the corridor and uh, Odo and Bashir and uh, Luxana run into Kira. And uh, she says she's not going to the dinner party because uh, Beryl's going to be there. Uh, she says that he'd rather be with Dax and to make things works, uh, worse, Jake is chasing her around the station, professing his undying love for her. And Bashir is like, man, that's really weird. Like, I just had this weird, really weird thing with uh, Dax and Cisco, and he decides he wants to go look at her results again. So uh, Odo and Luxana depart, and uh, Kira and Bashir start to head for the infirmary, but then they or infirmary, and they both experience that little headache issue. Uh, and then they get to the infirmary, and they just start like going at it, just like full on making out. Uh, then we go to a commercial break. We come back to the dinner party. And Luxana asks Odo what's wrong with him, but he tries to convince her that everything's okay. And she confesses that she finds stubborn men attractive. <laughs> so then we get another one of those really good camera pans. Like this entire scene was really, really good because it seems like one take, like one just constantly moving thing. And uh, honestly, like just really amazing cinematography again. So the camera goes to uh, Beriled. He's standing behind uh, Dax with his head resting on her shoulder like a fucking weirdo. And she's like, look, can you please stop following me? And he's like, well, I'll stop following you when you stop running away. And it's like, guy, this is beyond creepy now. Like, we're, we're entering a whole never, another we're, level here. We're, we're at, what, uh, I'll, uh, uh, like we, we are deep Lo- in harassment. What, what's, uh, the skunk from Looney Tunes that chases after oh, the... Oh, uh, Pepe Le Pew? Yeah, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he says that he has something very important to talk to her about, but she says that she is not interested and she walks away to join Cisco, uh, but Jake gets to Cisco first, and he's really upset that Kira's not there. So Jake leaves, and Dax comes back, and she says something in another language to Cisco, and then she just walks away. And I should have looked it up, but I didn't look up what it meant. I just figured it was something sexy, uh, probably like "Hey, let's fuck," <laughs> uh, which is not really sexy, but you know, you know, if you're just a simple human male like me, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, hey, that's my type of language, straight <laughs> yeah. to the point. Yeah, so uh, Luxana approaches him and she says that she didn't realize that, you know, Cisco and Dax were that close. And he's like, we are not. <laughs> and so he calls Bashir, who does not answer. And he asks the computer to locate Bashir. And the computer says that he's in the infirmary. So Cisco tells uh, Odo to go get Bashir and bring him back to this area immediately. So Odo's like, ooh, perfect. I am going to go do that. And uh, Luxana's like, you know what? 
I'm gonna go with you. <laughs> like she just keeps following him around. And uh, once again, I think that entire thing was one take and it was amazing. So we go to the infirmary and Bashir and Kira are still making out and they agree that they need to stop, but they just don't stop. They're both like, yeah, we really should stop this. And like Otto's there and he's just watching. <laughs> like he <laughs> looks on a walk in and they're just watching like, what the fuck is any of this? And uh, Odo tells, uh, I guess I'm switching back and forth too. Sometimes it's Otto, sometimes it's Odo. Um, Odo tells Bashir that uh, he's needed in the ward room immediately. And Bashir is like, well, tell Cisco that I'll be there shortly. And then he just keeps making out with Kira. <laughs> and uh, Odo yells at him. He's like, you need to go now. And Bashir and Kira, they kind of break it off and they start heading that way. And they're still holding hands. And they go to the ward room and uh, Barail is trying to get past Cisco because Dax is hiding behind him. She has her arms like she's like crouched behind him and has her arms like strung over his shoulders. And uh, he's like, look, Dax does not want to speak with you. And she like gives a little finger waggle. And she's like, you tell him, Benjamin. Like, honestly, that, I laughed. Like, I laughed out loud at that part. Like, I don't know why it's fucking hilarious. She's like, you tell him, Benjamin. And uh, Barile just says he wants to give her a Bajoran betrothal bracelet. Say that three times fast. And uh, it's been in his family for generations. And she's like, oh, I want to see that. And then she takes it and she leaves and he tries to follow her. But Cisco stops him. So behind them, uh, Kira's still making out with Bashir. And Jake's just standing there trying to talk to her. And uh, Cisco is like, Bashir, I need your help. And he's like, I need your help, too. Like, I can't keep my hands off Kira. And she's like, yeah, what's worse is I can't keep my hands off him either. <laughs> What it sounds like what a what a terrible problem to have. Yeah, this is absolutely awful. The, like this I can't stop making out with this attractive girl who can't stop making out with me. Um, it's, it's it's rough. Yeah. Tough tough life on this station. <laughs> so uh, Odo enters the room and uh he's just he shakes his head. He's just like, What the fuck is going on here? And Cisco just throws his hands up and uh Otto's like, I I really have no idea what's happening. I like to imagine that's how Scotty's parties go go on the original Enterprise. You <laughs> just got people just making out with each other. And the part of Spock is being played by Odo this time. He's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's illogical. I really don't understand any of this. <laughs> like, why are they all grouping together? Uh, yeah. Luxana just kind of comes out of nowhere and appears at Odo's side. She puts his arm on his shoulder. And uh, Jake is sitting by O'Brien and he complains that Kira does not love him. And Miles is like, yeah, well, you know, you're better off because in the end, they only break your heart. And then he sees Keiko enter the room and she's wearing her red dress. And he's like, you know what? Sometimes it's worth it. And uh, she approaches and asks what he thinks. And he says that she looks beautiful. So uh, she tells him that he better go and get his resignation before uh, Cisco sees it, which is really nice that they, you know, manage to reconcile. Uh, so they they kiss as Quark enters the room and he's got some uh, Idanian spice pudding which uh, Boo would be all over that. Yes, he would. Uh, Dax tries to give uh, the Bajoran betrothal bracelet to Cisco as a token of her affection, but Barail gets really mad, and he punches Cisco in the face. Just absolutely fucking decks him. It has no, it has no effect. He's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he tells uh, Barail to calm down, but Barail starts throwing more punches, and Cisco very casually blocks these. Like, he is... He must be, a, like, a, a very well-trained man, because he's just having no issue at all with this. And then uh, Dax steps in and beats the fuck out of Burial. <laughs> just knocks him on his ass. Then she goes back to Cisco, And uh, Quark <laughs> steps in. He's like, man, you really throw one hell of a party. Like, this is really great. <laughs> so uh, Cisco leaves as uh, Keiko checks on Burial, 
And uh, Quark tries handing out the pudding, but he and Luxana experience that little headache that's going on. And the Dax is like, you know what? I want this whole tray of pudding. So she is now Kid Boo or Majin Boo. And um, Quark, uh, he goes to pull Keiko away from Burial, saying that he needs her. And uh, he says that his ears tingle at the sight of her. <laughs> and he asks her to marry him. So uh, O'Brien quickly, uh, he grabs Quark by the ear and pulls him off of Keiko. And he's like, hey, she's taken. And Cisco steps between them, and he's like, look, Quark does not know what he's doing. And then they all look really confused, and they uh, they look at Luxana. I don't know why they all did. It's really weird. Well, like, Cisco was looking at her, so everybody just looked at her. Uh, so we're a little bit later in the infirmary, and Bashir confirms that Luxana has Xanthi fever. And uh, she's like, no, that can't be. That only affects older Betazoids. Bashir says that uh, she shows all the symptoms. And he explains to Cisco that it's a virus that affects the uh, empathic abilities of mature Betazoids, and it causes them to project their emotions onto others. So Cisco deduces that Troy's feelings for Odo were passed dur- along during, uh, you know, her time around the ship, and uh, passed to all the people around her. And uh, Bashir says that it only happened to people in close proximity to her when she had an attack, and there has to be some pre-existing latent attraction there. Um, so Cisco starts to talk about Dax. He's like, but that means that she must be attracted to me. And Bashir interrupts him. He says, like, no, it's it's like it's a, only on a subconscious level, and it's really not worth thinking about. He's like, damn. So like, I actually had a shot. And he's like, no, you you didn't really have a shot. <laughs> uh, so uh, Luxana apologizes, and uh, Bashir says that he has an antiviral agent that should cure Troy. And uh, he says everybody everybody else will be back to normal in, in another day or two. And then he excuses himself at saying that he promised Kira that he'd meet her in her quarters that night. And uh, Cisco's like, you better pers- uh, postpone that visit for uh, a day or two. See how you feel in a couple days. Yeah, at this point, they're both consenting. I mean, they're not, I guess. <laughs> they, have, they have, like, mind control. Well, hold on. Technically, no, because if they both subconsciously found each other attractive, then they would be consenting. Yeah, but it's not their choice to act on it. They're, they're being kind of mind-controlled. <laughs> um, yeah, we get a commander's log uh, where Cisco confirms that Bashir's diagnosis was correct and everybody has returned to normal. Odo and Luxana walk around and uh, they talk about the festival and uh, she wishes Odo luck with Kira, saying that she knows what it's like to be attracted to someone who doesn't necessarily feel the same way. She tells Odo that if he ever gets tired of waiting for her, uh, and then she just kisses him and she finishes her sentence by saying that, uh, she knows, he knows where to find her. And he's like, well, I will keep that in mind. And then she leaves. Uh, he actually seemed like he was kind of like, you know what? Maybe, you know, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, she kind of grew on me, you know, the last couple days. Yeah. Uh, so we go to O'Brien and, uh, and Keiko and they're talking about how, uh, Miles just had a headache. Cause he did. He had that little headache in the bar and nothing ever came of it. And uh, he's he swears that he was never affected by Troy. And they joke about how he does not have a latent attraction to Keiko. He asks if she was paying attention the previous night. And I'm like, don't talk like that in front of your kid. Like that's, she's like, yeah, I was paying attention. You know, the implication being sex. And uh, <laughs> she, she says that uh, he still has the touch. And he's like, oh, yeah, you do too. And then uh, Miles says goodbye to his wife and daughter. And they they leave for a few months. And then uh, Bashir walks by and he tosses O'Brien a racket and they laugh as they probably go play racquetball. And that is the end of the episode. Um, 
I actually I thoroughly enjoyed this for having no clue who any of these people were. I actually liked all of them by the end of this episode. I really, really enjoyed this episode. The only thing that I did not like was how it uh, wrapped up. It's how there's like everything's just going to shit. And then they're suddenly like, wait a minute. It must be this lady. Like, how did they how did Cisco come to that conclusion? Um, that's I think that's the only weak point of this. But I don't care. Like, this is still a perfect episode to me. Like. I don't think we could have been randomly given a better episode to go over. Um, I bet there are probably some really serious, like heavy hitting episodes, but God damn, this was just really fun. And uh, acting's great. Cinematography's great. Uh, fun premise. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And it was cool, actually, that of all the episodes that we were given, we have got one with a character or a an actress that we see regularly in the one that we are watching. So... Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, Dan, how'd you feel about this one? You know what? I have to agree with all the points that you just made, plus adding that uh, the the costumes still hold up, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. So, yeah, for not knowing anything like, you know, the the characters' backstories, I enjoyed the episode also. Yeah. Um, So I guess the question is, because uh, we've kind of discussed this, Uh, We do have, you know, work to do next week, but if I can find the time to do another episode, uh, do we try to get something from a series that's not Deep Space Nine? Like, do we do we do we want to do this again? Like, I actually actually I really enjoyed this this little break from uh, the original series. So do we throw more shit in the randomizer and uh, keep Deep Space Nine out of it and see if we can get something from like Voyager or Enterprise or something? Oh, we should just do the randomizer uh, like we did last time. Okay. Yeah, I can actually keep the same ones that we had on there and just remove this one so it doesn't land on there again. Because we did get suggestions from people on Twitter, um, and I don't want to just like dismiss those suggestions. Oh, so, yeah. What, what we could do is just add a few of the ones on uh, Twitter that were suggested for yeah, ones they that were, you don't mind were, removing. Yeah, they were on this list for this one. They just, the randomizer did not pick them, like one of them. So it was literally just like a wheel of fortune wheel with uh, 10 slots that I uh, put the ones that we got suggestions and then filled out, you know, the remaining ones with uh, ones that there's there's a website out there where you click a button and it gives you a random Star Trek episode. And I just clicked it until I got, you know, two from each. Yeah, two from each uh, series. So, yeah. uh, Do you have anything else for this one? Nope. uh, I believe you summed it all up pretty nicely. Okay, so yeah, uh, we don't know for sure that we will be recording anything uh, for the next week, but uh, if we do, it'll it'll be another random episode because we do want to wait for Paul because, man, I'm really interested to see Scotty being implicated in a Jack the Ripper-style murder. Look, as soon as you collect all the Dragon Balls, you can wish Paul away from the Shadow, shadow Realm. Yeah, we'll bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know, man. I would like to be immortal. Well, I don't know. The balls might be inert. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make a bit of difference. <laughs> uh, but with that, as always, you know, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. We do have merchandise, so check the description of this episode. Uh, check our Twitter. Um, like I said, all kinds of cool stuff, magnets, stickers, shirts, and uh, I'll be throwing up some more designs pretty soon. So uh, with that, uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Later. <laughs>